0: Hi, this is Mark Viquez, and you're listening to the Ballpark Hunter podcast. Well, today is a very exciting day uh, because baseball has returned to the historic Hinchcliffe Stadium in Patterson, New Jersey. And with me today is probably the man who uh, spearheaded this movement, along with a few others, uh, well over 25 years ago. Brian Lopinto, who is the founder, co-founder of the Friends of Hinchcliffe Stadium. And uh, Brian, you must be jazzed today about the announcement. How are you feeling?
1: Well, Mark, first, let me just say thank you for for inviting me onto your podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, today is a very surreal day. Uh, Professional baseball will be returning to Patterson, New Jersey at Hinchcliffe Stadium. And it's always been, you know, a dream of mine. I, I wasn't certain if we would ever get professional baseball. I always thought that maybe a college wood bat league would work or maybe one game a year with the jackals playing in Negro league's uniforms. But uh, you know the situation they had in, in Yogi Bear Stadium, you know obviously whatever that was uh, is is Hincheliff Stadium's game. Yeah. Yeah,
0: nice. And like you said, you were you would have been happy with a few exhibition games. I mean, Is this quick? Is this, is this like, wait a minute, is this really happening? We're getting a professional baseball team. I mean, how's that setting in or or when did you know, I think that was going to happen.
1: Yeah. I, 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 you know, I I do have some pretty good sources uh, over the 20 plus years that I've been advocating for Hinchliff stadium. Um, And, and, and thankfully those reliable sources kind of clued me in that this was in the works. And that's really a big uh, testament to Al Dorso, who's the owner of the New Jersey Jackals, uh, as well as the Jackals family. Uh, the fact that the Dorso family and the Jackals will you know, have this uh, really strong connection to Patterson. Mr. Dorso was born in Patterson, uh, and, and they believe in the Hinchelof Stadium project. So without their belief, I don't think that, that we would have had a, a great announcement like we had today.
0: Yeah, and I'm just thinking to myself, I watched the uh, announcement earlier today. I've been to Hinchcliffe a few times, um, you know, about six, seven years ago, went inside, looked around, uh, squalid condition. And, and just like you, I'm thinking to myself, when, when is this going to be renovated? Because stadiums like this usually just get knocked down. And I think it all started when uh, the superintendent of the Patterson Public School said back in 1996, it was going to be just as much to knock it down than to restore. It. And then that's when you got the ball going, correct?
1: Yeah, that, that was, I, I recall that uh, very much so. Uh, it was actually 1997. And, and okay. that's actually the article that prompted me to to kind of take a look at the stadium with a closer eye, you know? Um, yeah, the superintendent was Laval Wilson. And according to him at that time, it would have cost $4 million to demolish Hinchliffe Stadium or rehabilitate at a cost of $4.8 million. Yeah. And his comments were, Uh, Um, well, you know, uh, we're probably going to lead toward demolition. And to me, you're going to sell out a city of 150,000 people for a lousy $800,000. I mean, my feeling is 4 million would have been committed, whether it's demolition, rehabilitation, that's already out the door. What's an extra $800,000 between friends? I mean, really, at the end of the day, the right decision at that time would have been to redo the stadium at a cost of $4.8 million, as opposed to 94 plus now, (laughs) Yeah, uh, and we would have our stadium. But it's just the, that's just the way the story goes, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's exactly right. 25 years ago, you probably could have renovated it for much less. Now, you probably would have had to renovated a little more uh, throughout the years. But, you know, it's just uh, it's happening. It's, it's just kind of shocking because uh, I wasn't even aware that it was even close to being done. How close are we for the grand opening? Re- uh, so, redim- you know,
1: I, 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 I visit the site rather often. Um, regardless if people want me to visit the site, um, and, and it's coming along. I I think the crews are doing a fantastic job. You know, obviously we do have certain issues with materials as the rest of the world does. And, and even, you know, just the production of equipment that's needed, you know, and materials, et cetera. Uh, but it's coming along quite nicely. I would venture to guess just judging by its uh, progress as I'd seen it earlier today. I think spring is safe. You know, I don't think it's going to open this fall as, as originally predicted, but as long as it's open by Frontier League opening day, um, that's all that matters to me.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's just amazing to think that the Jackals are, are, are leaving and playing there. Uh, you know, I wasn't even aware they were even thinking about it, but uh, this is a 1932 stadium. We've had the Black Yankees, the Cubans, uh, you know, Larry Doby, hometown hero, was discovered there do you have any sense of what the baseball dimensions are going to look like and will they be similar or not?
1: Yes. So I, I know that the, the Jackals will be releasing the renderings Uh, if they haven't already, they might do that a little later today or tomorrow. Um, My sincere hope is that, you know, logic dictates that you, you put it in the exact same place where over 20 hall of famers played. Mm -hmm. Um, that is so important to a historic building like Hinchcliffe stadium and to really get these young players in the frontier league to experience where hall of famers played for high school kids to say to stand in the same spot maybe it's not the same batter's box it's going to be artificial surface but at the end of the day there's something to be said about that and it just makes sense because there's no other configuration that makes sense other than what the negro leaguers played on if, if it's good enough for 20 plus hall of famers it's got to be good enough for the frontier league guys and, and high school ball players. so um those dimensions would be similar to that of the polo grounds uh, the polo grounds um is is uh the polo grounds is a ballpark that uh is most comparable to Hinchliff stadium oh, okay and again if that was good enough for Willie mays <laughs> yeah why not or bobby you know, thompson um, exactly you know yeah. and and hey, sure Ruth, we- too,
0: his first few years <laughs> i'm sorry Babe Ruth even that was his uh, first ballpark he played with the Yankees when he uh, joined the club.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that's, and that's, yeah, and they were so good that that the Giants kicked them out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in fact, it was kind of funny. I would say three years in a row, uh, the World Series was played between the Giants and the Yankees, nineteen twenty to twenty three, and they were both playing at the Polo Grounds. And you're right, yeah, it was yeah the- it's a very
1: rare occurrence where you would have the World Series in one venue. It happened in 1944 in St. Louis with the yes. Browns and the Cardinals. And it happened in 2020, which I happened to be at game one of that World Series, the first ever neutral site World Series. So that was a, a pretty interesting thing. Oh, but okay. Yeah, so the Polo Grounds would be the most
0: comparable ballpark. To wow. All right. So with that being said, we're uh, talking about Patterson itself. Uh, mm-hmm. I talked to a few people because I'm from Woodbridge Township, New Jersey, so I know a little bit about Patterson. And for those of you uh, who don't know anything about Patterson, uh, if you ever watched the movie Stand By, not Stand By I Me, mean Lean On Me, uh, Joe Clark, Ma, Morgan Freeman, yep. it took place, I guess, Eastside High School. Uh, so, Correct. I don't know. There's some people that have maybe a, a little bias towards Patterson. How are things there? I hear it's an up and coming city.
1: Well, you know, as someone who's born and raised in patterson of course you know i, I do love the town mm-hmm. um and it's got a great history and and the great falls and the national park is the best thing that's happened to patterson in the probably oh, the last 50 or 60 years. years um and and i think when it comes to that you know the national park service you know that they, they have a strong brand and and really i think that's what's helping to bring the three hundred thousand people uh, to patterson and to that area a year and now having hinchel stadium and a ball club there that gives those three hundred thousand people that that come by each year something to do if, if they happen to be in town when there's a ball game going on. Yeah, you know, uh, as far as you know, the rest of town, you know, yes, the, you know, I'll be quite frank. You know, unfortunately, there there is a major drug problem in town, and that needs to be addressed. And uh, you know, hopefully, that will be addressed. Um, but I know certainly, you know, what the National Park has done to, to make sure that that is a destination is incredible. And Hinchcliffe Stadium is within the boundaries of a national park. So when the Jackals play on opening day, it will be the first professional game played within the boundaries of a national park. I think that's special. I hope the Frontier League partners with the National Park yes. Service and make special baseballs for games at Hinchcliffe. And it, it's certainly an exciting time to, uh, you know, to, to be a baseball fan in the Patterson area.
0: No, no, definitely, because you know I was talking to a friend. He doesn't like the neighborhood, and I said, "Well, you know, it's the national park. They're building a river walk up there. Yeah. You know, you, you you complain when the devils built the uh, Prudential Center in New, in Newark,
1: but you go there to games, so it can't be too bad, um, you know." You sure, might- and that's the thing. I think once once people get past, you know, this idea of Patterson, just like they did in Newark. I mean, in fact, I was at Prudential Center last night. It was, uh, it was wonderful. You know, yeah. I, I actually love that arena, quite frankly. Um, mm.
0: Me at too. the I'm end a of the day, you know, once. <laughs> Say what? I'm a little biased. I like it too. <laughs> I like it too, especially. Uh, yeah, especially but... when there's no <laughs> any, you not any Ranger fans there, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, and I, I, don't know. Are, where, where, where do you uh, lean on the Hudson River battle there? No,
0: oh, I'm a Devils fan born and raised.
1: Okay, good. I like that. I like yeah. that. I too am one quite a bit, but uh, even yeah. though
0: I, uh, it's, you know, I'm still waiting for the devils to get that team to make the playoffs. I feel like I've been waiting for that for,
1: yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we all are, but I think, I think it's coming soon.
0: Yeah. There's some great talent. Of course. I'm also great.
1: the optimist.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it, they absolutely do.
0: Oh my goodness. So yeah. So yeah, you know, exactly.
1: Hockey, uh, you know, that's the one sport in Patterson that is not and played professionally and i would love for Hinchlift stadium to maybe host some sort of an outdoor hockey even game? if it's a minor league hockey game
0: oh heck yeah
1: i think that would be a wonderful thing those outdoor hockey games the nhl puts on are fantastic i've yeah. gone to two at yankee stadium um i think i think the possibilities for Hinchlift are, are rather endless and, and it really does need to be a revenue generating machine because at the end of the day the revenue generating events go back into the upkeep because there, there's going to be a need for yearly preventative maintenance, and and I hope that uh, the developers understand that.
0: Well, yeah, you talk about other events. They're looking at soccer. They're looking at high school sports. You know, an outdoor hockey game. Uh, do you know of any other teams looking at uh, you know playing there, like a USL Championship team, or or the Patterson School is going well, to be hosting Thanksgiving games there.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I, I will say I know that there's been interest uh, from the soccer community to have- a professional team there uh and i hope that that happens and i think that it can Uh, certainly i believe that baseball and soccer can um live within the same building it's just a matter of scheduling Um, and i think that's another great you know family oriented uh affordable um you know opportunity uh to have events at at hinchelope stadium you know i would love to see maybe a three-day music festival you know or just concerts in general you know um you know, I know Patterson uh, over the years had done a lot of parades through town. Instead of a parade, maybe have a three-day festival that honors whether it be the Puerto Rican Day Parade, and and that's a three-day event, or or whatever parades had gone through. You know, instead of having a parade, have a three-day event that's food and music and culture. I think again, I think the possibilities are endless. Uh, but but everyone needs to be open-minded to these revenue-generating opportunities.
0: Oh yeah, I mean j- just the the plain- design of the stadium you know definitely makes it uh ideal uh you know for sports you know i see new stadiums getting built and you can tell they're trying to make it for baseball and football or soccer lacrosse and usually one of the sports right. that's uh you know w- one of the sports you're thinking okay this is an odd design but you know uh, it's a horseshoe shaped stadium H- hinge it's got one of those classic right. uh, early 1930s art deco design you know, I don't know how many people who are listening or uh, paying attention to it, but, you know, check out Friends of Hinchcliffe. Go on YouTube and check out some videos of Hinchcliffe, what it looked like before with weeds and grass and, and broken bottles. That's all gone now. It's, it's a beautiful structure. And, you know, I remember when I used to walk around there, I'm like, wow, the high school's right next door. You can hear kids in the, uh, playing out on the, on the uh, I guess it was like a daycare going on during the summer. You can hear kids playing in the uh, parking lot next door, and here I am in this vast jungle of uh, squalid conditions. And it's just a great story to hear because uh, this is one of the, I think, five Negro League stadiums still in existence, and it's it's going to be used for baseball again.
1: Yeah, it's it's it really is something. Uh, I mean, you know, kind of like think even like as I look back on, on you know, I, I I was interviewed by a really great journalist named Mark Carrig. He's of The Athletic. Cool. And I gave him a tour of Pinchliffe Stadium in its squalor. And <laughs> he said to me, um, he goes, do you realize you've been spending your entire adult life trying to save this place? And I kind, of thought, I kind of like, yeah, how about that? you know? And then we kind of kept going with the tour. And then he reminded me that again. And I said, do you have to remind me of that? Like, it was kind of like, you know, it was, it was kind of cool because he was really kind of in awe of it. But then I was like, oh my God, I really have spent my entire dope, dope life doing this, but well, I mean, yeah, it's for the love of the game. Um,
0: of, yeah, your you legacy. Know. I mean, people I hope will talk about you when it's all said and done. If this is a, a successful and, and there's activities going on there, they're going to look to the efforts from you.
1: I, I, I appreciate that. It's kind of funny you say that because for me, it's always been about Larry Doby's legacy and like, hey, well, people, you know, please don't, don't forget about Larry Doby. And I'm hopeful that with the rehabilitation of official stadium that as a society, we can start saying Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby integrated baseball, broke yes. the color barrier, whatever term you want to use, because only 11 weeks separate the two. And, and really like, you know, no one knows who Larry Doby is still, even though he's in baseball's hall of fame, mm-hmm. it took him too long to get there. I'm glad, uh, selfishly, because I was at his induction ceremony. That's where I met the Doby family for the first mm-hmm. time. And and I'm grateful to actually be friends with Larry Doby Jr. And it's just been a, a great journey. But the journey is going to continue because, you know, advocates um, never go away. Uh, we have to keep watching because I need to know what's happening after the ribbon cutting. And once the novelty wears off, that's when you have to kind of keep watching a place like Hinchcliffe Stadium. So I'm going to be a season ticket holder for the Jackals, that's for sure. And uh, definitely going to keep, uh, keep my eye on that ballpark because I just love it too much.
0: No, that's great because, you know, I remember I I remember uh, Hamtramck Stadium in Detroit, right outside Detroit, another old Negro League stadium. I walked through there much smaller, ridiculously much smaller, Mm -hmm. uh, but there was efforts from a gentleman there as well to get that back into shape. And I actually visited the stadium about a month ago and was watching youth baseball. So it's it's back to hosting baseball. And you just love these efforts.
1: I, I was there twice and okay. had to see it because for me, like, I do have a special affinity for places like Rickwood Field, and I've been to Rickwood Field Rick, oh, only the on the players. outside. Oh, it's yeah, the Holy Grail. That's what I always...
0: No, exactly. Yeah. It's the oldest ballpark. I went there for the Rickwood Classic in 2019. Oh. I was able to talk to some former Negro League players, which, my goodness, you know, you talk about just something surreal. And, you know, these are guys who played in the yeah. 50s and they had stories to tell you. I mean, just talking to any any older baseball player uh, about their time, uh, just something cherished. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it is quite the experience. If you can ever get down to Rickwood to uh, check out uh, the, the old uh, Rickwood classic, it's it's recommended.
1: Yeah, that's definitely on my to do list, you know, and, and I was grateful last year. To attend the Feel the Dreams games. So oh, jealous. Uh and that was amazing. Yeah, no, that's yeah, <laughs> I can I'm tell only, you. Yeah. I'm not
0: about a seven hour drive from there. Maybe, yeah, about a seven hour drive. And it's like, yeah, do I really want to go out there? Do I want to can I get a credential? Do I know somebody? Do I spend the money
1: on the <laughs> you know? It's like all these things I debate. And uh I I I kept hearing the voices in my say say, yeah. you know, like. You know, go the distance and yes. you know that whole line when you know people have it's money they have, but peace they want. I'm like, all right, I gotta go.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I have the money, but you know, I had to buy a new uh new air con- AC unit. I had to get some stuff taken care of my attic because or my crawl space because of mice. Yeah, it's yeah, that's that's where my money's going. It's going into the house. Well,
1: I should add that I'm also a ridiculous human being. So yes, I was just there was really like if I had all those things, I was probably putting that to the side.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So okay. My yeah. girlfriend was so supportive, so how could I not? You know. Yeah. No. I
0: it, when when you can do it, you
1: know. Now what 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 people, I did good. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, even during that trip, I kind of looked at how Major League Baseball was putting together the operation just to kind of see gee I wonder if this could happen in Patterson and you know there's a lot of infrastructure that's needed but I think if uh, Major League Baseball were to be given the keys to Hinchcliffe Stadium they could make it work
0: oh yeah yeah Now why not I mean and, and how many people yeah. will it hold for a baseball game is it 10,000
1: well you know the original uh, construction uh, was for 10,000 okay. but uh, the project had to be scaled back to 7,500 simply okay. to accommodate for ADA compliance. Okay. So there's definitely you know, ADA compliance seating that's needed. So therefore those seats needed to be taken out uh, so that you can have those opportunities.
0: Okay, that makes sense. That definitely. And then you know, one of the questions I was gonna ask and we can go back, uh, you know, did you ever talk to Larry Doby? And it appears that you did. Uh, when you spoke to him, what, what did he have to say about his time in Patterson?
1: Yeah, so I, I, I have three wonderful moments. Okay, great. And I'll, I'll go through them kind of quickly here. Um, so the first time was at a baseball dinner. And I was at this Major League Baseball dinner. It was, a, I think it was a sports writer's dinner. Um, and I found the seating chart. And I saw where Larry Doe was sitting. And I wanted to meet him and get his autograph. And I was kind of concerned. I said, if he's going to be mean to to me i'm going to be crushed <laughs> you know oh. but he was amazing he was a gentleman i said mr Dobie, i said my name is brian i said i'm from patterson and his eyes lit up mm. and you know we talked a little bit. i said well part of town because oh, i lived in different parts of town and um he signed my program and he asked me my name and he personalized it to me and, and in fact my name is brian but he wrote to bri which is like wow that's even more personal right so that was that was the first one uh the second one was at his hall of fame induction I was grateful enough and lucky enough to, to receive a credential to cover the induction for my college media. Uh, and I was very lucky to ask the last question at the mm. press conference. And that question of course was, what was your most memorable moment at Hinslow Stadium? And he, he talked about the fond memories he had there and he pointed to his tryout for the Newark Eagles. In he called it June of nineteen forty two. I believe it was May of nineteen forty two, but what's a month, right? Exactly. Um, and he he spoke about that. And then the last time I had seen him was in two thousand and two at the dedication for Larry Doby Field. and there was a, there was a reception afterwards, and at that time, I was actually a welcome guest, and I was invited to the reception. And there Larry Doby was, was sitting in the, in the booth and people came by and spoke to him. I just waited online patiently and I introduced myself and I asked him the same question again because, you know, he has every right to change his mind and he gave me the same exact answer because I needed to make sure in my own mind what was his most memorable moment. And it, and it was his tryout with the Negro Leagues. And, and how could it not be? It was the day that changed his life forever and that mm-hmm. took place at Hinchliff State.
0: Yeah, and you know he was. People don't realize he went from the Negro Leagues to Cleveland. He didn't play in the minor leagues.
1: Correct.
0: And and Bill Vec, I think, actually awarded uh, the Negro League team money. It's not like he said, "Okay, we'll take the player." He compensated.
1: That's correct. So Effa Manley was the one who negotiated that, and she made sure she was she was a a tough negotiator. And she's in baseball's Hall of Fame too, the first woman to be in the baseball Hall yeah. of Fame. Um, and yeah, she she was very protective of her players, but at the same time, she knew that she was a business, and uh, at the same time, she knew that the business was going to change rather rapidly now that Lowry was coming into the league. So uh, yeah, so he was the first person that was actually you know compensated for you know his work at least to the ball to the ball club. Um, but what was interesting is that the Cleveland Indians wanted him to start his career in Cleveland. But if I'm not mistaken, I think it was a Patterson journalist who broke the story. Mm. So instead of sending him to Cleveland, they diverted him to Chicago because the news news was already out and they felt they just had to bring him out there. And the poor guy traveled all night, couldn't stay at the team hotel. And we all know the rest of the story. He pinched hit. He struck out his first at bat. And, you know, that that was, you know, half a season. And then he learned how to play the outfield and. You know, became played in the World Series the following year in 1948, and as the rest, they say, the rest is history.
0: Yeah, and, and you're <laughs> But it all started
1: that history. Yeah.
0: yeah, and you're right. People sort of forget about him, and you know that was at a time when he wasn't playing against Brooklyn. They didn't have interleague baseball for many years, <laughs> so Correct. he was facing the same criticism and racism and God knows what else that you and I will never have to to go through. Um, and I don't know if he talked a lot about his history. I, I did read that someone was going to sit with him to do an auto uh, to do a biography, but they never had the chance.
1: And well, I, I know Jerry Eisenberg. Yeah. Who actually I know him a little bit. He's oh, a really? great guy. Me actually, too. oh, he's a great guy. Uh, he's actually working on an, on another book right now about famous seconds in in like in the world. Of course, Doby being one of them because yes. uh, he was friends with Doby. But I, I think I think Larry Doby really just kind of told him everything. And, and I think uh, Eisenberg really put that out there. Like, you know, there, there are people that that spit in um, tobacco in his face. And I think either Jerry Eisenberg is the only one that knows about who that player was or oh, wow. either Doby never told. I don't remember the exact details, but. Doby was more about, you know, really highlighting those that really cared about him. People like Joe Gordon, who was a really close friend, of course, the Vec family, you know, um, people that really just kind of, um, uh, um, you know, took a liking to him and just were just genuine people to him. And I think uh, I, I think that's that's what he always focused on. And he always took pride in that picture. And and I, I really welcome everybody to look up Larry Doby, Steve Gromek, who is actually from Hamtramck, Michigan, Mm -hmm. ironically. Um, There's that beautiful picture of them after game four of the 1948 world series, where Doby hits the home run and they're hugging each other and, and, and historians. And I I can't find a picture earlier than 1948, but the belief is it's the first image of a black man and a white man in an embrace. And they are just full on smiles. And it was just a thing of, of beauty because they were celebrating something that was awesome. Yeah. And they were just really teammates and, and all through baseball.
0: Yeah, no, it truly was. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, I love about these stories. You know, unfortunately, Larry's no longer with us. God you can only imagine, uh, you know, what he would have been able to share if somebody sat down and, and got more information from him. But, you know, I get it. He probably doesn't want to talk about the negatives. And rightfully so. I probably wouldn't want to talk about that either. Uh, but you're right. Uh, his legend, hopefully there'll be a mural, or a mural statue. Uh, are they going to honor his legacy somehow at the stadium?
1: Sure. I mean, I, I know that they will. I mean, I, I mean, I, I know the New Jersey Jackals will absolutely do that. In fact, I was part of a Larry Doby Day celebration last year at the Jackals game. And uh, in fact, I was on the radio with uh, Reed Keller, who's the great Voice of the Jackals, and uh, it's funny during that interview. I remember saying to him, "It would be nice if the Jackals could play one game a year here." And I think no one knew that this would be a possibility yeah. until uh probably until about games. like June of this year that yeah starting happening. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember when so, I yeah I, heard... I think the Jackals are going to do right by them.
0: Yeah, forty-eight. Because when I first heard the news, I'm like, "Where are the Jackals moving to Sussex?" And that's the only place I can think of. And Somebody said, no, Patterson, they, you know, Hinchcliffe is, is almost done. I'm like, really? So then I started looking up some information. I said, you know, somebody, uh, somebody with the
1: stadium might be good to have on the podcast to talk to. So, you know, I'm, I appreciate that invitation. I really do. Because I, I love, you know, uh, talking to the baseball folks. I think those are the ones that really understand the plights and, and, and the reasoning behind why I would spend my entire adult life saving something which i grew up about two blocks away from so yeah. if i'm not born and raised in patterson if i don't live that close to the stadium if i don't love baseball i'm not talking to you right now no i mean who knows i'm not going to say they would It'll or we somebody else the stadium but at the... yeah. yeah
0: now you, you said know, you grew know, up two memory. blocks uh, do you have memories of the stadium as a kid like did you see high school did i know that the new jersey Eagles soccer team played there in the late 80s do you have any uh, recognition of those oh.
1: I I knew of that okay. happening. I don't I never went to a game. I was a little too young for that. Plus I wasn't really much of a soccer fan. Okay. Like I believe I would be a season ticket holder if a soccer team came to Hinchlift. But um, at the end of the day, you know, my 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 memory is I remember walking past it and knowing that Eastside and Kennedy played there but knowing damn well this had to have been more than just a high school stadium, just because of the grandeur of it. And, and just like the, the, the style and the design and, and, and the ticket booths and and the medallions that depict the Olympic, uh, you know, sports around the stadium. I think 13 different ones yeah. are up there depicting different sports. I, I you know, I, have always had like, you know, being born being a living in that neighborhood, I'm right on the border of history, you know, Hinchcliffe Stadium, the Great Falls, a block away the first modern submarine crash. So I, my, and my father always had a, a strong sensibility to history. So I knew there was something more to it. Uh, and unfortunately, it took 1997 for me to hear that it was going to be condemned for me to say, OK, I need I need to look into this. And I wrote to the Baseball Hall of Fame and the Hall of Fame said that Hinchcliffe was represented in their library's archives. And that's all I needed to hear to get me to do my independent research and to be able to speak knowledgeably about about the games and and, and the sports that had been played there.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, they also had auto racing there. They had Duke Ellington play there. The New York Giants had exhibition games. Uh, a lot has happened there. Like the Giants, was that something that was just in the 30s? That
1: wasn't longstanding, if I recall right. Correct. Yeah. and You know, um, The, uh, yeah, the first NFL team to play at Hinchelope Stadium was a team called the Portsmouth Spartans. Oh, the Spartans. And they played, yeah, they they, they played a team against, yeah, uh, actually I think it's Portsmouth, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Portsmouth, Ohio, yeah. And that stadium is still there, believe it or not. Oh. I think I saw a historical marker on that. I think, yeah, you're right. I do remember reading about that because I started doing some research on the Spartans because they play it at Hingelift, right? So, but um, yeah, so all those uh, pro teams that had, or, or, you know, high level pro teams, because the Patterson Panthers were a professional team, um, but uh, they were kind of, you know, the, the landscape of um, professional football was far different than it is today. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, those you know, and 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 football was much different then as far as its popularity. So oh, definitely. That was kind of their way of barnstorming. So okay. sure, you saw the New York Giants the Philadelphia Eagles played there. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers played a game there in 1946. Oh, in okay. fact, they beat the Patterson Panthers by a whopping 55 to nothing. Mm. And a Hall of Famer, Bill Dudley, scored a touchdown in that game. So um, you know, so we do have some some football representation there as well.
0: All right. So you said that the Spartans, the, the now Detroit Lions, were the first team to play a game there.
1: Correct. That's 1932. Mm-hmm. And what was what was kind of funny about that, there there is a there was a grand hotel in Patterson called the Alexander Hamilton Hotel. Do you think the Portsmouth Spartans played uh, stayed there? No, they didn't. They stayed at the YMCA.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they're athletes, right? That's right.
1: And and for whatever reason, there was a parade from the YMCA to Hinchliffe stadium in honor of the Spartans being in town. And and if I'm a, I'm imagining a Spartans player saying, what is going on here? <laughs> like, we're just here to play an exhibition game. You know,
0: this yeah, is, it was, 19, uh, it was a big 19, deal. 19. And did they play the Patterson Panthers or was it a local team? Uh,
1: at that time, there was a different professional team called the Patterson Giants. Okay. Oh. But not affiliated with the New York Giants okay. at that time. So they had a pro- Yeah, the Panthers were. Yeah, they had, they had a few professional teams. But the Panthers are the ones that kind of like really kind of, you know, marked the time at Hinchliffe. Augie yeah. mm-hmm. Leo was kind of like the big guy who made it to the NFL from there. He was a, he was a kicker, eventually played for the New York Giants.
0: Yeah, I mean that—that's some great history to, to just just to tell people. Yeah, the Detroit Lions played her back so long ago; they weren't even in Detroit yet, and they had a parade. For them. Exactly, exactly. I mean, those are just really cool stories yeah. to tell people. Oh yeah, by the way, they had to stay at the Y.M.C.A. They—they they couldn't sit. <laughs> <at Long> <laughs> yeah, I like, mean,
1: it's like okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, the you're right. The players
1: must have been like.
0: I, I'm, I'm I sure the players are saying it.
1: it's. Oh, yeah. Notre Dame would never have.
0: <laughs> no, Notre Dame would have been at the Alexander yeah, right? Hamilton. I mean, yeah. Princeton, Yale. But, you know, 1932 NFL squad. I mean, yeah, it wasn't it was nowhere near uh, where it is today. Uh, not even the New York Giants uh, football team would have would have stayed there. But, yeah, those are just great stories to hear about. I never knew that. And, you know, I like to go on newspapers.com and look up information. I mean, I saw that the Giants used to play a team called the Oh, what the heck? Was, the Perth Amboy Clovers. And I grew up not far from Interesting. Perth And I don't know who the heck the Clovers were or where that stadium existed. But, you know, now I want to get back home and, and do some research because.
1: No, of course. And I think that's 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 the beauty of it, really. Like when, when I was doing my research on Hinchliff Stadium, what I found myself doing, especially with the baseball stuff, like like you'd see a preview in the paper, like, OK, yeah the Pittsburgh Crawfords are going to play the black Yankees this weekend. And you read the previews and blah, blah, Then it's like, I rush to the neck. I want to see the game store. Did they win? And then when they won, I, I would like feel good. And like this game was so many years ago yet here I am. Like I found myself rooting for the black. Uh, as I was doing my research. And, and that was part of the fun of it, quite frankly.
0: Oh no, you're absolutely right. Just, you know, yeah. Following the team, seeing what happens next you know, you fall in that rabbit hole. And, uh, you know, so and as far as I know, it was just the the black Yankees and the Cubans who played there. Were there any other Negro League teams or were those the two
1: prominent clubs? Actually, uh, the, the Newark Eagles played home games there as well. OK, um, I, I don't know the reasoning, you know, one might suspect because they were sharing the stadium with the Newark Bears and they just needed probably to, to fill up their schedule. Yeah. Uh, but yes, they played home games there. There was actually um, opening day, I believe it was 1938. That was a neutral site game. It was technically a home game for the Homestead Grays. So it's just, again, it's a neutral site game, but it's pretty cool that they did that. Um, and an interesting story dating back to 19, I believe it was 1936. Uh, the New York Cubans were playing at Hinchliffe Stadium, but you know, as as with all teams, teams go on the road, and they were going to be on the they were going on like on a, you know, like a more when I say West Coast swing, probably as far as like you know Kansas City or St. Louis. Yeah. But um, they were gone for two weeks, and and the local promoters in town really wanted to keep baseball going, so they had actually what was a lower uh, kind of team that was that was playing there out of Schenectady, New York. Hmm. and uh and they had played there so um you know again like think of like the negro leagues that we know the cubans the black yankees is more like major league this is maybe like a double a kind of okay. team
0: so to speak oh yes yeah. i can see that well uh, yeah i'm excited for the future here so a uh, few more questions i have probably don't really have much to do with baseball but uh that's okay wh- what do you call it pork roll or taylor ham?
1: well I- i've lived in north Earth, jersey my whole life so it's it's definitely taylor ham That's uh, right. although it is known as taylor's pork roll right so yeah right <laughs> it was so, invented in tra- right and
0: in tra- see so i never right? i i grew up in colonia right right on northern okay. middlesex county union county we called it both we never knew there was this line of demarcation Rivalry. Yeah, I never knew that until I started doing a pod. Well, I knew it before, but I do a podcast with uh, another podcast with a couple guys, and one of them is Dan Kalachiko from South Jersey. He likes all Philadelphia. Sports. Okay, he it's pork roll.
1: Pork pork roll die. you know, he's he doesn't want to uh, hear Taylor okay. ham. He gets vehemently it, it, upset. It, it does get hardcore once you get closer to
0: Philly. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. And I, yeah, we always thought one was a generic name and we thought the other was the brand name. So in high school, when they ran out of pizza or burgers or chicken Parmesan sandwiches, they always had pork roll left over. Here you go. Pork roll and cheese. Okay. <laughs> and then I come out yeah, to I mean, Indiana I I... and nobody knows what the heck it is, but I, there is a couple of <laughs> places you can get it here. So thank God.
1: So what, 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 part, what part of Indiana are you from?
0: Uh, I live in Fishers, Indiana, which is right outside of Indianapolis. So you're familiar with the Bush Stadium then, right? I'm familiar, yeah. I used to walk in that stadium too when it was abandoned.
1: And that's what's interesting because that also, uh, I, I had put that on the list of Negro League stadiums. And so once it became an apartment, once you changed like that historic component, yes, and it's not a ballpark anymore. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a location, you know? So that. Like at one point, I was like, "I was like Rickwood, Hinchliffe, Bush Stadium, Hamtramck." Now, to me, Bush is like off the list.
0: Yeah, Bush is weird because if you if you drive outside of the entrance, it looks like the old ballpark. They have the old entrance, and then they even have the field. They didn't do anything to the field. They didn't. They retouched the outfield. They have the scoreboard, but there's no grandstands. They're all apartments.
1: And I actually yeah, made a no. video
0: of it a la- couple years ago. I, I took a tour and, and shot it. And uh, I play adult kickball, and a group of us were going to play on the field uh, over the summer, but we had so many people show up. They said, we don't have any bathroom facilities, you know, to accommodate everybody, so we couldn't <laughs> play there. I was livid. I was like, I want to play at an old minor league ballpark. I was like, oh, oh I, was, I was looking forward to that because you can still play on the grass field, they ripped out the dirt. They put concrete there, and then that's terrible. I wish they would just put back the old dirt, or, or not even put concrete. Just just leave it as grass so people can go out there and play, and and sure, and use it again for baseball. I might be a little bit difficult now because you don't have any seating, but you know you, you can get some rec teams out okay. there to play. But you're right, Bush Stadium.
1: Ball in the living room.
0: What was that? <laughs> A foul ball in the living room. <laughs> yeah, see, that that would be the problem. Uh, yeah, but that, for, for 20 years, uh, was dilapidated, and, and they were going to knock that down. They used it for, you know, a, a storage for clunkers, uh, cheap cars, and I used to walk in there and, and just take pictures and used to see, you know, rats and graffiti and God knows what else, you know, uh, snakes apparently were in there for what people told me. Uh, so they did a great job. Mine. I love the fact that they restored it. I would have loved for it to be a ballpark, but I get it. It's something now, and uh, you know, it, it's not not a distant memory. But uh, you know, yeah, definitely Hinchcliffe is. Uh, it was not turned into a park, So Thank goodness. Uh, but getting thank back goodness. to that, yeah, yeah. I'd have
1: to Airbnb there. <laughs> yeah, Airbnb
0: there, which who knows? Maybe they'll come up with that as a revenue generating. Scheme so uh, so you have your list of Rickwood Hamtramck Hinchcliffe League Park is that considered a Negro League stadium?
1: No, I love League Park. I, I've been there a few times. I think what's difficult for me is like you know I look at structure and also uh, years of service as a Negro League's venue yes. and also the 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 level of teams that had played there. I, I I would say that what they're doing there is fantastic, but I would say that all that's left is really kind of like the ticket booth and like part of like the office space. So it's awesome. I will never downgrade it, but I, I can't put that as like a Negro league venue any longer, but, but certainly what they're doing there with their baseball history museum. Anytime I'm in Cleveland and I was back, I was there back in October for the rock and roll hall of fame induction. You um Absolutely. It was.
0: You, you live a nice... I, I, you I, get out to all these great... You know
1: bars. what? I, <laughs> it's kind of funny because last year was just like a whirlwind of travel nice. because like, there was just so many ridiculous things I had to go to. And I, I just love Foo Fighters. So uh-huh. I had to go see their induction. And uh okay. sad to see that Taylor is not with us anymore.
0: Yeah. What did you think about his son's uh, performance the other night?
1: It was tremendous. I mean... I, I I wouldn't be surprised if, if they get him a tutor and he yeah. becomes the next drummer of Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, you, you feel for the young man. You know, I lost my mom two years ago. I can only imagine what it's like to lose a parent at his age. So you kind of you kind of yeah. felt for the young man playing the drums who, I mean, God knocked that
1: Absolutely. out. Absolutely. And he, he he found some will Yeah, uh, uh, to do it. And I think he's got a great support network with his mother and, and of course yeah. the, the band and. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Okay.
0: And then the last Negro League team, J, uh, J.P. Small in Jacksonville. Is that a Negro League stadium?
1: So here's the thing. Yeah. And and I, I think, was it formerly known as Durkey Field? Am I correct yes. in saying that? I
0: think you're right.
1: Yeah. Because that's where, like, someone told me about J.P. Small. I'm like, who's that? And uh, and prior to that, I was like, oh, wait, Durkey. Okay. Yeah. So I'm aware of Durkey, Never went there. Me neither. Um, I think my only thing is, like, look. I will always. and I think there's also Cardenas Field up in up in Rhode Island that has some connect point. The question is, when do you Cardena. where where do you draw the line? Like you know, Fenway Park had one Negro League game. Is that a Negro League stadium? I would mm. venture to guess that it's not. But no. with the Jacksonville Red Caps, they were um, you know kind of like again a lesser tier team, if I'm not mistaken, okay. than say the New York Cubans and New York Black Yankees. But I think the fact that they're any opportunity to, to, to restore or, or keep these Negro League facilities available, regardless of the level, I'm all for it. So, yeah. you know, I say join the club, you know, like okay. I will never downgrade any of it because it's just too important and it's special to, to people in that community. And honestly, now that, you know, again, the, the Hinsdale Stadium Advocacy will continue. I, I promise you that. And I, I have never, nor will I ever take steps back. but. If anybody out there would love to talk about their local Negro League uh, venue and how I can help out, hey, I'm free labor. I'd be glad to do so.
0: All right. That sounds great.
1: I, and so I, Give I, us a call, Durkee Field yeah. <laughs> or J.P. Small.
0: You know, yeah, I was supposed to go there years ago and my plans changed and I never knew the significance of that stadium. I sort of wish I would have had been thinking about that. Because uh, I think I was going to stay overnight in Jacksonville. I decided to just go for the night to see a Suns game. Uh, at the time, they were the Suns down the right. Jumbo Shrimp. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I should have went to that <laughs> ballpark. I didn't know the, the heavy significance. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say Asheville, Taurus, um, McCormick Field. But to me, that's a 1992 ballpark, not the 1924
1: stadium. Oh, interesting. So, how, so there's nothing left of that. It's just at The, the same only site? thing
0: I think is left is an old ticket booth. And the reason why I say this, because back in 2004, 2000, God, I'm, I'm forgetting 2005, I showed up there on a February day, just traveling through. And I talked to one of the workers, I think he was the GM and, and he told me, yeah, it's completely new. It's, it's not the same stadium. The grandstand's new. We knocked everything down prior to the 1990 after 1991 and it was rebuilt in 92 and he goes the only thing standing is that ticket booth out there uh down i think the first baseline but i talked to a lot of people and they say no that's that's mostly the original you know that's still considered the original stadium so it's kind of that's a heated debate with some ballpark hunters like myself
1: you know i think i think you and i I have to go and we have to research it and we have to make our determination. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. should be the jury. And we won't do it disrespectfully. We can say, look, these are the facts.
0: Yeah, no, you just look at the facts. Like I could tell you another stadium. It's um, uh, Johnson City where the uh, the Doughboys used to play and TVA credit. Yeah, the Cardinals
1: used to play there in Appalachia. The Cardinals.
0: Right? They say that ballpark was built in 1956. I have found photos and newspaper articles that say it was it was built in 1950. And I have contacted uh, the staff and they have just not responded back to me. They haven't They're been embarrassed. I, I don't know, but everybody says 1956. I have found no information that says a ballpark was built in Johnson city in 1956. And I can even send you the pictures. You can see the grandstand in 1950 going up and you can look at a picture I took last year. It looks the same, it's the same.
1: Well. It's but crazy. the thing is that you would think like people would want, hey, we're older. That's even better. You would think like that would be, you know, and um, it's weird and, you know, welcoming, one, you know, welcoming. Oh, or the one time I, I talked to
0: somebody, uh, the New York Yankees historian, he emailed me and I was doing an article about Felix the cat being a, a good luck symbol. And there's a story right. how it's a good luck symbol for the Yankees, I think, in the 1920s. And he goes, that's not true. That, that somebody wrote that one one year in a book and it, it became commonplace. It's like dismiss it. I'm like, okay, you're the, the official historian, so I'll do it. Was it Tony
1: Moranti? Yeah, yeah. I, I met him many years ago, and, and I, I actually used to work for Major League Baseball Productions. Oh, nice. and I remember a very cold interday. We did we went to Yankee Stadium to do some interviews. It was for the Billy Martin Yankeeography, okay. and uh, I, I actually enjoyed my my time with him. But it's too bad that he didn't like you know acknowledge that. I'm, I'm a little surprised. Well, yeah, he maybe said- because it's.
0: he goes you know he goes i know everything about the night like the new york yankees like history i I can tell you everything about the team and he told me they did have a mascot they had like a a bat boy who was considered good luck Uh, i think it was the 1923
1: 1920 a little guy yeah yeah i I
0: remember yeah and he actually i think he was it him who called me up i because i also talked to uh the new york mets historian i think he called me up about something jay horowitz Jay Horowitz, yeah, I was feeling pretty good that week. I got calls from the, the
1: Mets, Yankees, Jay and Twins. Jay Horowitz is a great guy. Yeah, he actually lives in Clifton. He lives in the town I live in. Oh, nice, Clifton, New Jersey. You've been spoken here. Yeah, you like
0: you brought up Jerry Eisenberg. That you know, I remember reading him in the Star Ledger growing up. He must be but early
1: 90s now. He is, and he's in he's he's in great shape. He's oh, good, doing well. He still writes. He loves it. Uh, he know. lives out in Utah. OK, this I'm going to give him a call. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I totally want to be like Jerry Eisenberg in my 90s. Like my dad's 92. He still writes. Well, he, he he's had some health issues uh, just more physically than anything. So he had stopped writing for a little while. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's going to be 93 this year. and He he still wants to travel. But, you know, unfortunately, he can't walk as well as he Thanks. used to. So enjoy those ballparks oh. while we can.
1: You're all, so. yeah, right. You're all- I got one more major league one to go to myself so
0: oh, well yeah i need texas and uh miami i gotta hit those two so
1: oh that's funny because uh that's the one i need is Miami. oh
0: really really i had a chance to go to texas and, and, and should have went
1: i know i hear yeah. you yeah. um and, and so washington, for me like
0: yeah washington took me forever to get to i don't know
1: why so it's uh but it's just kind of how it plays out you know but I, I, part of me refuses to go see a Marlins game. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to go see the world baseball classic okay. uh, championship game. There so, you go. Well, there you go. At yeah, least yeah. I could see, at least, at least it'll be a, a packed house. You know? Yeah.
0: It's, yeah. it's almost like, why don't you, you know, I have a friend right now. Well, he's not right now watching the game, but at seven o'clock this morning, he was at a Doosan bears game in Korea. And I was like, Oh, I would Whoa. rather be doing that than working at the moment. So you,
1: you, look, yeah. you know, A a day at the ballpark always beats a great day at work, you know, (laughs) a bad day a rain out at the ballpark, (laughs) you know?
0: Well, yeah, especially, you know, I've been to rain outs in minor league baseball where it was, it was a beer night and we're just sitting underneath the covering, having $2 beers. And that's all you need, to be honest. Uh, You know, back when I used to drink a little bit more, trying to cut back on that due to weight issues. So, yeah, yeah. I hear
1: you. I hear you. But last question on dollar beer night, though. Yeah, no, it's like, yes, it's only a
0: dollar. You know, if they had dollar vodka night, that'd be a different story.
1: <laughs> Sponsored
0: by Uber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just dollar bourbon. Like, you know, if the Lexington, you know, bourbon night, I'd be I'd be thrilled by that. But before I go, uh, last question, a couple of friends didn't know about this out here in Indiana. Why are they called Texas wieners?
1: Why are the Coney dogs called Texas wieners? What's that about? You know that's a great question i mean you know libby's was kind of like that kind of iconic place yeah and i hate to use the term iconic but i did um uh, near hinchliff stadium and by the falls there was the falls view that is now a burger king i don't know why it was called a texas wiener yet we are not in texas we are in new jersey it should be the jersey wiener you would think um, so I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Um, but I have, you know, I, I live the next town over from Patterson and, and the hot dog debate is, is rather fierce. Yeah. Um, Libby's was great. And unfortunately the city of Patterson kind of dropped the ball on, on keeping them, um, with us still. And now that, that building is empty sadly. Oh. Um, and they dated back to like 1936. So imagine like it could have been possible that some of the Negro league players could have like had a, you know, yeah. some food there, you know, when no, 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 you know, Patterson was, was more welcoming, of course, of African-Americans uh, you know, than other cities, you know, um, from the South, of course, in, in comparison. But um, when you go back to thinking about the hot dog, I mean, I live in Clifton now, Ruts Hut is the deal. Ruts Hut. Ruts Hut, man. When you come back to New Jersey, hopefully you do, or New York area, please. We will go.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I'm always, uh, I'm, I like Jimmy Buffs too, but yeah, Ruts Huts can't complain about that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I think in Patterson Biagio's right now is a little great push cart in Westside park. Okay. He's owned a Biagio's a pizzeria. He's done a lot of great food in town and I think that he's now the new hot dog king. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People
0: ask me, what do you miss about New Jersey? I'll say the food. Cause you know, you yeah. can't get some of those things out here like Cincinnati I don't know what they do with those hot dogs, but those are not those, those are odd. They uh, they're gray, aren't they? Uh, you know, they're small. Number one, like, why What's are the, they so small? The Color sure is that hot,
1: hot, dog. hot <laughs> dog?
0: Yeah, they with so much cheese, and they put this Cincinnati-style chili. It's not even chili.
1: It's it's a Greek sauce that they. I, eat. I, but yeah, I love <laughs> Cincinnati. But yes, I I I concur. Yeah. No, hopefully our friends in Cincinnati don't get upset with us. No, no. I mean, I love Cincinnati.
0: I lived there for a few months. It's, it's a great city. And, you know, if I really, if, if I miss out on a city with good food, Chicago, where my wife's from, uh, definitely helps me out with oh, yeah, their, their items. They, like the Italian beef, I never knew what the heck that was until I came out here in the Midwest. and <laughs> It's amazing. Why aren't people eating this in New Jersey? We have Italians. What's going on here? <laughs> What's going on here? I'm part of Italian. I, I don't get it. Why why don't we have it here? Oh my it...
1: goodness. So it's very fun. So after after today's event, you know, I, I know this is gonna air a little later, but after after the um the press conference, I went to my favorite place in Patterson to celebrate, and that was Ian V. Great okay. Italian food when you're in town. I mean, you you have Lunch for the next day. That's how big oh, portions are. So, that's I like to hear, yeah, that just sits. You're going to hungry again, you see? All right. Well, I think we're going to have to, I think we're going to have to have a part two on this podcast. I don't think, I don't think we've, I think we just, you know, we just touched the iceberg that is Hinsliff oh. Stadium and baseball and food yeah. and no, music. Definitely. And we talked about it. We we ran the gamut today. Def- and like I said, looks like
0: you've been to a lot of ballparks. So, I mean, we could just sit here and talk about your favorite ballparks. You know, what do you like to see? You could talk about your experiences anytime, Brian, two Jersey guys. Talking about baseball and food? I mean, come on. That, that should be a, like a weekly podcast at itself.
1: Oh, you know, I, I actually thought the other day, you know, now that, that the Jackals are calling this place home, you know, I, I, I kind of laughed and said, yeah, maybe I should start the Hinchcliffe Stadium podcast. You might have to be the co-host, sir. You might have okay. to have two podcasts of your own. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll, we'll make time. All right. We'll make we, time. We, we'll have to do a pilot we'll do a pilot yeah. we'll see how it goes
0: yes know? we'll see how it goes and uh definitely like seinfeld you know yeah well you know here's we'll the thing shirt. the more people i talk to from new jersey the more i sound like i'm from new jersey because people out here will either say i can hear the accent a little bit or i don't hear
1: it at all so that that's scary. right that's scary. so do i have it or do i not i can't tell
0: uh yeah i i, I can i could hear the accent i feel like i'm talking to somebody from back home but uh right <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's what you I, I stopped do. You're using up, my
1: tv voice
0: grow up in high school they're like oh yeah we have accents go out to the midwest and i actually did that and they're like i like no way we don't have an accent and then you go out there and you just stick out like a sore thumb because the way you roll your r's you say coffee or you know you say certain words that they don't say out here like pop i don't know what's pop it's soda or you know, yeah like, what's is that is that a father <laughs> Yeah. Or, oh, or like right where I live, we, they have a lot of roundabouts, but I call them circles. Like, I, I don't yeah. call them. Yeah, they're circles. They're not roundabouts. But everybody looks at me like, why do you call them circles? What's the matter with you?
1: Well, in Clifton, like the Allwood Circle is like, yeah. it's almost like an institution. It's almost yeah. like there should be a historical marker there.
0: There should be. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you there. And I remember, you know, I remember these giant circles on US 1 and 9 in, in uh, Woodbridge or Island. Those things were massive and they were dangerous. So they got rid of them all and they kept some up. So yeah, my mom would tell right. me. And that's
1: where like now, like every time people say one and nine, I like to say one and or nine. <laughs> yeah, one and <laughs> it's nine. Like, it's so it's a funny thing, you know? It's yeah. like Turks and Caicos. Why, why are you both? But you are.
0: Yeah, yeah, one and nine. And then they, once they get past like Woodbridge Center, the one goes down the shore, the other one goes towards, goes all the way to Key West. They go their separate ways they go their separate ways <laughs> it's, like, it's like marriage sort of yeah it's kind of like marriage. i, I, go, no, in, I, I, I go in a separate bedroom and we wake up and we <laughs> <still go. laughs> that's it or my wife's like you know what see you- this is a show this yeah, is a show yeah because my wife when i go on these ballpark trips she's like i don't want to go with you just because I'm at a ballpark every single day. If I can get two in, I'm at a ballpark. So she's just like, go have fun, come back. Don't shoot on me. We're fine. <laughs> <And> that's
1: it. <laughs> like done done, and done. <laughs> done, done,
0: and done. Of course, you know, if, if I can get her to a ballpark and, you know, we get it with a cu- another couple or, you know, family and she has a few in her. Yeah, she's she likes it. She all of a sudden, she likes baseball. But, you know, if she's there with me and I walk around, I take pictures and videos and I talk to people, yep. like she hates that
1: so oh God bless. All, right. all right Brian. Hey, look this is this has been great i really appreciate the invitation Yeah, this no. has been a lot of
0: fun we can do this again um, he said it was going to be a I'll lot of fun i that. had a great time so all right brian anything you want to say before you leave about hinchcliffe uh what do you want to tell people who are you know kind of wondering what the heck's going on for the 23 season for the jackals
1: Yeah, I would say the first thing I want to say is go Jackals. Um, Look, I, 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 what I want to say to folks is give it a chance. You know, this is a historic ballpark over 20 hall of famers play there. It would be something really special, you know, to experience and give it a chance. You know, I, I, I'm sure the Jackals are going to have plenty of opportunities for, for great like evenings or, you know, day games, especially on the weekends, you know, to, to capture the National Park crowd, you know, go see the National Park, get your passport stamp, go to a ball game, have a few beers, enjoy yourself. You're going to be pleasantly surprised what the Great Falls has to offer. And that's all thanks in part to the National Park Service. What they have done with that space is amazing. And and what the Jackals will do, will will we'll, we'll complement that. So. I will be there. Um, anybody wants to see me there, that'd be great. And please uh, come on out, have a few beers and enjoy.
0: All right. I plan on being there too sometime in 23. I have, I need an excuse to go home. So a new ballpark to visit. There you go. There you go. Knock it off the list. Knock it off the <laughs> list. All right. Hey, Brian, thank you for coming on here. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll keep in touch.
1: Great. Talk to you soon, Mark. Have a good day.
0: You too. All right, that was Brian. Oh, my goodness. What what a conversation we had. You, you get a couple Jersey guys on the uh, on the microphone. We'll talk for hours, and it always leads to food and conversations about Taylor Hab and Texas Wieners, which, uh, yeah, that's what we call Coney's Chili Dogs, Michigans. I don't know what else they're called uh, in uh, certain parts of New Jersey, Texas Wieners. And I don't know if that's something they say in the South Jersey. But in Patterson, there was plenty of places that had Texas Wieners. Uh, There was even a short movie that came out a little while ago that talked about it. But uh, great conversation. I'd love to do a show with him. I'd love him back on. If he wants to do a, a Hinchcliffe podcast, New Jersey Jackals podcast, bring it on. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, hey, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to this great conversation. I love talking to people from the world of baseball, uh, whether it's part of a team or outside. And uh, follow me. Check me out on... uh, Hold on. (coughs) Sorry about that. Check me out on Stadium Journey, the leader in sports reviews, including ballparks and everything else. Check me out on Instagram, Twitter, And watch my videos on YouTube. I looked at the collection of videos I'm putting out. If I put out a video once a week, I will be good until Labor Day of next year. And we just celebrated Labor Day a few weeks ago. So, wow. I got enough content for the next year. That's great to hear. But believe you me, I'll be out and about checking things out. Ooh, that rhymes. All right, guys, you have a great night, and we will talk to you soon. And let's listen to that beautiful music. Take care.